How are we doing, everybody? Tim from Ski Rex Media, back with a new Ski Rex Media podcast episode, a solo episode that was supposed to have been out last week, but didn't come out. Why didn't it come out? Well, I was in Gatlinburg, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. If you follow Ski Rex Media on social media, you know that I was in Gatlinburg, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I got to ski it over Gatlinburg. And you also know that my laptop did not survive the trip. Um, so I didn't get any work done while I was down there. And though I did survive the trip myself, I did not do it in the best of health, nor did my travel group. We all ended up getting sick. And yes, we all tested positive for COVID-19, which kind of sucked. Um, because people weren't able to go back to work myself. I was, I had to skip my second week. I was the week I was in Tennessee. Obviously I didn't do my lifty work over at Whaleback. And because I caught the COVID, I was, I had to take another week off from Whaleback, which is a place I really like being at. And, and this weekend, this past weekend, actually, by the time you're hearing this is the tri-state championship up there at Whaleback. And I'll be missing that too, because I'm having trouble staying awake because that's how COVID hits me. Speaking of Whaleback Mountain, have you been to Whaleback Mountain yet this season? Well, you still have time because this weekend, the weekend before you're hearing this, there is more than enough snow coming across New England and Whaleback will get its share. Whaleback Mountain, big mountain, small package. That's right. I said it and I say it again. Whaleback is a small mountain, but it has everything you could want. If you want steeps, they got steeps. You want trees, they got trees. You want powder after this weekend, they got powder. They got natural. They have groomed. They have events. They have park. Um, all kinds of stuff. The hike park is open and ready to rock again, I believe. That must be with all the snow that's been flying while I was down there in the south. Head over to Whaleback Mountain, exit 16 off of I-89 in Enfield, New Hampshire. Super accessible, really easy to get to, and wasn't isn't gonna cost you a lot either. I think their highest price ticket for a day ticket is 50 bucks. You can't beat that anywhere, right? Right. Head over and check out Whaleback Mountain, my friends. Ski it to believe it. Also, if you need equipment, not only will Railback rent you equipment, but what if you want to buy equipment? What if you want to buy something custom? Head over to saintskis.com. That will take you to the website of Saint Custom Skis and Snowboards. Out of Gorham, New Hampshire, my buddy KJ and his dad, Kevin, they will make you a set of skis that you customize yourself. The width specific to you, the length specific to you, the graphic specific to you, the cut specific to you. You talk to KJ, he will get it built for you. He's building me a pair and it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to ride the heck out of them. St. Custom Skis and Snowboards in Gorham, New Hampshire, stskis.com. Check them out. And of course, both links for Whaleback and St. Custom Skis are in the description. So don't forget to check that out. Now, so if you're a longtime listener of the Ski Rex Media podcast, or at least have been for the last couple weeks, or if you've signed up for updates at the website, um, if you go to skirexmedia.com at the bottom of the page, you can sign up for Ski Rex Media updates. And I send that email out once or twice a week just to let you know what's going on in the world of Ski Rex Media, what's upcoming or what's coming up, I should say, and you know a few other things. If you have heard all that, you knew that this was supposed to be an experimental episode. If you are new here and haven't heard an episode of the Ski Rex Media podcast before, this was supposed to be an experimental episode. I was going to record while I was skiing at Obergatlinburg. 
I did not get to get that done. Now, what's the story behind that? That story is quick. I ended up meeting a family from Louisiana. Yes, I did. They were north um, from Louisiana skiing in over Gatlinburg while I was down south skiing it over Gatlinburg, obviously. And it, it was it was it was just completely kismet, completely out of nowhere that the mother, the matriarch of the family, decided to ask me if I knew anything about snowboard bindings by the lockers. Um, and from there, it just went on to an entire ski day. And it turned out to be very, very awesome. So I was teaching. That's right. I was down there on my half work, half vacation um, ski trip. And well, it wasn't just a ski trip. It was um, it was it was it was a trip. It was a group trip. And, you know, it, uh, it was a whole thing. And I ended up teaching people how to ski people from Louisiana, a whole family. Um, it was really awesome. And if you want to know more about that story, I there will be a written article out. So make sure you keep an eye out for that on skirexmedia.com. I want to write that. I think I can get that story to get together and across better written. I think I want that like that. But anyway, um, shout out to that family, man. Brittany, who is the mother, the matriarch and her kids, Luke and Tim and Rain and Raylin and Raylin's husband, Sydney. Um, awesome family. We had a great time skiing. Um, and again, look for the written version of that story because that story is awesome. But shout out to them, guys. If, you, if you're listening to this one, um, you were definitely one of the highlights of my trip. You were definitely the highlight of the ski day. That was so so much fun, um, dude. It, I, it was it was great. It was great, but I did not know what to expect. And obviously, skiing is a social sport, but I still didn't, you know, expect to make friends. I just didn't. Um, and, but it, it was awesome. I didn't expect to teach because I'm not a ski instructor. I'm not the greatest teacher in the world. But I, you know, they they came out all right. But that's really where the experience of Ober Gatlinburg comes into play i guess in this story it, it was something else so let's start let's start at the beginning actually let's start at the beginning before the beginning you know i'm here rambling on and on and on let's go back now a few weeks ago you know that i was skiing with mario and brian from the highfalutin ski bums podcast over at cannon mountain shout out to mario and brian and during our lunch break we were bsing up at the upper lodge um i think it was the lodge actually in the upper tram building and we were talking. I says, hey, what do you guys have been to over Gatlinburg, right? Because I'm going in a week or so at that point. Eh, two weeks at that point. You know, around my birthday for my birthday. And Mario says, yeah. And he gives me a rundown of what to expect or at least what he saw, his observations of it. He gives me the whole thing. And <laughs> you know what? It did not disappoint. It was everything he said and more. In fact, while I was skiing from with the family from Louisiana, I texted him during lunch and was like, dude, this place is everything you said and more. Now, what does that mean? I get there, drive up the mountain. My ride takes me up the mountain, drops me off. I go find my ticket, which was not the easiest thing in the world. Um, I will say that, you know, the their upper their lodge is a mall. It's a little small little mall area. It's like a mall area. They have, you know, food in there, shops in there. They have the um their their ice skating rink in there. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, but if you are an Indie Pass user for next season, because they are closed, um, if you are an Indie Pass user, go straight to guest service. 
That's my first uh, tip for this place. Go straight to guest service. My second tip is to remember that the upper parking lot is paid parking and they really don't have a drop off up there. But if you get dropped off at the uh, at the parking attendant, there's a shuttle bus that goes back and forth. So keep an eye out for the shuttle or just use the tram if you want to. And um, I didn't use the tram because I had I wanted to ask first, does my ticket cover the tram as well? My day ticket, you know, my Indy Pass ticket. And it does not. The tram is extra. Don't forget that. But once you do get to the upper, whether you use the shuttle bus, whether you pay to park and take your car up or whether you use the tram, doesn't matter. Go to guest service. You know, you don't have to go to the line. I went into the line. Um, I ended up in the rental line. I said, I don't need rentals. And that person said, oh, you can just go to the ticket window. I go to the ticket window. They sent me to guest service. So go straight to guest service. If you're an Indy Pass user, shout out to Indy Pass and their new um, partnership or ownership or new operations. Um, the company that begins with an E, I can't remember what it is. Give me a break. I'm still kind of sick and I'm still very tired because I'm kind of sick. Uh, um, shout out to COVID-19. Anyway, so I get there. I, I, fi I figure out where to go to get my ticket. I get my ticket. I start to head out. Now, this is funny. Um, I, I, I walk out. I'm in ski boots. Now, I'm also in T-shirt. Um, no gloves. I do have my helmet. I did have my helmet on. I also had my sunglasses on. Um, I ended up skiing at its warmest that day was 62 degrees. I have never skied in 60 degree weather before. Um, the highest temperature I think was pro I've ever skied in is in the fifties, um, over 60. And if they would have been open the next day, it would have been over 70. Um, so there you go on that. Uh, it was something else it was something to behold had sunblock on the whole nine always remember your sunblock it doesn't have to be hot or warm to need sunblock if you have exposed skin put on your sunblock especially if you like me and you burn easy so i walk out and there was a patio area that was kind of slippery and i slipped and i went down i haven't taken a skiing hit this heavy in years and i wasn't even on the mountain yet man i just my foot went out from under me i wiped out six chairs and a table crash boom bang car style dude that's what i did and I, I popped right up and looked around like a little embarrassed because i was looking around but one person did see it happen but this was the funny part this person was a good 30 40 feet away and i'm looking around and i'm straightening up chairs in the table and i uh as i get up i'm looking around with that look of embarrassment on my face and i think a couple other people saw it but this one woman who was about 30 40 feet away she's kind of looking at me and i kind of look back at her and she gives me the thumb up thumbs up you know like are you okay because she saw the whole thing go down and i was okay i was fine i did not realize until later that evening while looking in the mirror after the shower that on my ribs i had a pretty decent sized bruise and a pretty decent sized scrape on top of that nothing major i didn't really bleed i was wearing a white t-shirt there's no blood stains on it so it couldn't have been that bad right right so i go waiting for the lifts to open the lift to open. well no they had two lifts open that day they had a carpet lift on their actual learning area and then they had a quad now this quad is very interesting to me um, why? Because it was very short. If you head to my social media, if you're playing along at home and you're able to, if you're listening in the car, don't do this. You do not want to use your phone in the car. Now, what you're going to hear maybe in the background, unless my, uh, unless I can get it out with the, um, 
with the noise reduction here. Um, you're going to hear me typing. So I'm going to go to Obergatlinburg's website because I need to see their trail map and everything because I want to get the lift names right um, or lift color or whatever it is. And because I don't have it memorized, I just don't. And uh, I, I just want to make sure I get it right because it was something else. Now, so you go and you're looking at the trail map and there are only a couple lifts here. It, it, it's, it's not a big place. It just isn't. And it all, it, in fact, their area is so small that they don't really have a ticket checker at the lift. They just have a gate for you to go through and you just walk out and then you're in that area. So I went to the red lift. Now, the red lift is a quad chair. The red lift is a quad chair. It was the only other. Well, no, there were two chairlifts open, but the other chairlift was the um, scenic chairlift that takes you to the top of Mount Harrison and you could go up there on foot. It's very cool. I didn't do it. I should have done it. Didn't do it. Um you know, and their blue lift over there wasn't open. Uh, the the uh, black lift wasn't open, but the red lift was. Um, and the carpet for the uh, tubing area, tubing lift was open. And they had a little hike, a couple of hike features as well. Now, you get on this lift, this quad chair, and it goes up to two runs, the Castle Run and Cubway. That's where those are the only two runs open left on the mountain. Talk about spring skiing. What I did not know that day is that it was going to be the last day of lift served skiing. I think the next day, which would have been my birthday, the 22nd, that Wednesday, it was walk up only. And I'm going to tell you, I wasn't there. And if you don't get to ski a lot, maybe it was worth it, but it probably wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it for me to go back up there um, and try and fight through mud because that's what it was. Now, I know I'm getting out of I'm getting off topic here. I'm, I'm getting aside. So you get on the red lift after you go through the only gate. So you're just in the ski area. So they check your ticket there. So you're just now you can just bop off onto any lift. Now, these lifters, you know, they have the the artificial surface under the chair, both at the top at the bottom. I don't know if they actually throw snow down. You can and I, I would hope they do. But they didn't really have any snow. So you get on this quad chair. Now, this quad chair is teeny tiny. It is low. Its highest point from the might be 20 feet. Very small. It's very quick. It's a slow moving chair, but it still takes only five minutes because it is short. Uh, think about some of the quad you're on that go from top to bottom. Now, their other quad does go from top to bottom down there over Gatlin to Blacklift. It does. And then and you get up to an elevation of about 3,200 feet. Here, you might have gained, you've gained less than a 1,000 at any rate. And then you, um, I mean, I think it's less than a 1,000 vertical anyway. It's like five or six. So your vertical is like a 200 feet and the lift is maybe 400 feet long. I don't even know. It's very short. You have to ask yourself. And this is part of the amazing, the 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 spectacle that Ober Mountain is and Ober Gatlinburg. Why is there a quad there when it's so small? And it's a very interesting quad. And um, their black lift and their red lift actually use one of their towers the same. So it's one of, the, I don't know what that's called, but the red lift is on the lower part of the tower. And then the black lift is on the upper part of the tower. So they use, they literally crisscross. So you get to the top of this lift 
and you go down. And again, it's the artificial surface, so it's a little sticky. So if you're not ready for it, it'll toss you. Um, and people were getting tossed and we're getting into that. Um, I just want to give you an overview. So now you got Castle Run and Cubway. Both by the end of the day was mud skiing. On Castle Run, it's a little steeper. It's it's a it's a quad. Uh, it's not quad. It's a blue square trail, but it is. It's got a little quick steep section. Nothing you can't handle. Nothing you can't handle unless you're new to it. You might get a little tossed, and I say that because that happened as well. And then Cubway is very easy. It's a small, short, meandering green, and you go down around one wide corner, and you come back onto Castle Run with another wide corner, and you're fine. The thing was, is that Cubway turned into a big old pond skim. That's what it did. You were going through about an inch and a half of water by the time I finished. And man, it was something to behold. Now, again, go ahead when you have the opportunity to ski Rex Media social media and you can find those videos and um, from over Gatlingburg that shows that. Also, if you go and I'll link this in the description as well. Um, my boy Ian, shout out to Ian. He writes for um, our unofficial networks from around here. And uh, I've met him several times at like Whaleback and other media events. Um, very cool guy. He wrote about Ober Gatlinburg closing down. He saw that I had been there. So he asked me a couple things and I just showed him the video. I was like, dude, look at the video. This this is this is what I was dealing with up there. And he used the video and a couple quotes. So that link is in there. Unofficial networks talking about um, the uh, Ober Gatlinburg's end of the day. My boy Ian, he wrote that. So that's cool. Check that out as well. You can see the link to my video of the, the pseudo pond skim, as I called it. Um, it, it. It was something else. It was something to behold. Now, that's the setup. That's where we're at. Late, what we would call late spring skiing up here. That's what we would call it. Again, it was very warm. The two days down there, it was 80 degrees. Some people think that's beautiful, and it was because we did go and uh, explore Great Smoky Mountain National Park as well. Um, so everything was open in there. Some of those roads are mountain roads. They close them in the winter. So we had the whole place. It was very cool. Ober Gatlinburg, though, late spring skiing from a New England point of view. So think about that as you're, you know, as you listen to the rest of this story. One of the things Mario tried to prepare me for, he said what I would, I guess you could describe as a very casual ski experience. People hanging out, people skiing in their jeans, people just there having a good time, people just visiting who don't get to do it much. It's just, it's a very casual hangout kind of vibe. Part of that is that nobody, or at least almost nobody, takes lessons. Now, the family from Louisiana. They took lessons that day because I showed them how to do it. I, I was showing them how to do it. Nobody else did. I have never seen such a cluster of people just rocketing down, panicking. I have never seen such a cluster of people blasting off of each other, bouncing off of each other, not knowing, terrified. Just it was I have never seen I've never seen anything like it. 
I, I can't, it's, it's, in fact, I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone and I was like, dude, it's hard to describe. It's really hard to describe because people were just blasted. Like nobody cared about how to do it. They just went and did it. And I don't know if that's a great idea. I, I feel it's unsafe. I, I always say, and I suggested this to people while I was there, uh, the family from Louisiana included, Hey man, if you, when you can, and if you can take lessons, you'll have a much better experience. And but that's a learning experience. As a fun experience, nobody was upset. My boy Tim from Louisiana, he, the the 11-year-old of the of that family, one of the sons, he had a little bit of a rough time on that castle run at one point because it was a little steeper. Now he was getting it. You know, I was showing him stuff and he was understanding it and he was progressing. You know, a couple lessons and he will really get it. And he was loving it. And that's a big part of the story. But he he fell on the castle run and he was just cussing because he couldn't get back up. And I was below him. I went to take that video of the pond skimming trail or what became the pond skimming trail. And I said, hey, I'll meet you down and around. I was like, if you really think you want to do that trail, because that trail has it threw him already that day. Um, it threw him a little bit. So. I was like, but if you think you can do it, I was like, your mom doesn't want you to do it. Uh, so shout out to Brittany. I said, I tried to stop him, but he, he wasn't stopping. So he, he got mad and he was cussing and he was, you know, smacking the ground a little. And I, we get it. Skiing is frustrating. It really is when you've never done it before. But he, he still had a huge smile on his face. and He told me he loved it. But generally speaking, and I don't even like general language. I don't like speaking generally. I don't like generalized speech. And I try not to use it. But here, it kind of applies because smiles, fun, laughter, people talking. I was talking to everybody. Everybody was having a good time. There was nobody there that wasn't having a good time. No one actually got hurt. And again, these trails weren't anything too crazy. Like, honestly, I probably could have done them both blindfolded if I wanted to. Um, well, no, I shouldn't say that. That's getting cocky. But I didn't have to try very hard. You know, I didn't. But I'm an experienced skier. These, these, But everybody was having fun. And it didn't matter how messy it got. Like, you have never seen so many skiers with mud on them because people were just going flying off the side of the trail, and the trails were mud. There was moisture up there. You know, it's it's late spring. There's still a little bit of snow melting. The ground is still wet. There's tons of mud. Like I said, the one trail was kind of like a pond skim. Look at my video. An inch and a half of water. The kind of water that if it got in your basement, you'd be pissed. Believe me. People loved it. They went flying off the side of the trail and into the mud, and they were just covered in mud. They went down. They were covered in wet slop because that's what it was. It was slush and slop by the time I left because I I, I, I was waiting for my ride. I was like, hey, you know, it's time to come up. And, man, it was a ridiculous show. Like, in fact, you know what? There's going to be a second version of this. because I'm going to put another version of this story on the uh, 
uh, Darker Side of Ski Rex Media. So the Darker Side of Ski Rex Media is another program that's also very much behind because of my being sick and technical issues, but it's Patreon exclusive. Now that show has more cuss words, more negativity, uh, not not more honesty. I'm being very honest, but you know, a story can change dependent on how one tells it and what you may or may not think about that. But this is this. So check that out. You know, there it, there's tears for everyone starting at a dollar a month and free trials over there on Patreon, patreon.com slash media link in the show description. So you get more of the story on that side um, about what kind of show it was, but everyone was happy. Everyone was smiling. Everyone was laughing. Everyone was chatting and talking. And it was one of the most social experiences, not only the most odd, no one knows what they're doing experience. Again, I've only saw what looked like a handful of um, experienced skiers versus the amount of people, the uncountable amount of people who didn't know how to do it. It's like maybe it's a ski cultural thing down there. I don't know, but it was something to behold because again, people were blasting off people. People were just rocketing because they couldn't hold their wedge. Pizza, 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 French fries, hold your pizza, hold your wedge, hold the triangle, man. Um, and that's what I was teaching this family. I was like, hold that because if you panic as you can push your wedge out, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to stop and you'll be fine. And it, but there were people just going at it. They just went into the rental shop, said, set me up, stepped out, grabbed some poles and went at it. No fear. I think they started to have a little fear as they <laughs> progressed through the day, but they were soaking wet, covered in mud, and having the time of their life. It truly was for as odd an experience as it was. And again, get down there because I don't think I'm doing it justice. The amount of people who just didn't know what they were doing and were just hammering down this little hill, it was something to behold, and they had a great time doing it, and I respect that. I respect that. Granted, you know, again, I wasn't so worried about it, you know, being a an experienced skier. I could hold on. I could handle myself. I could handle those around me. Not really a problem, uh, but to see, I've again, the mud, it was, the conditions were horrible. They were horrible and borderline unsafe because of all the wet and the mud and the slop and the everything. And it just was a blast and a half. I can't even describe to you how awesome that place is. And again, there were my, once you get outside, it's great. Again, the 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 mall and having to go to two or, two or three lines before I got to guest service, you know, and being a little turned around in there, you know, it, it, that is what it is. Um, it was well staffed. I'll tell you that there were staff members everywhere. Like I'll, I'll definitely give them that. That's something that people have been having trouble with. And they were well staffed, tons of people. And they have all kinds of stuff, whatever you want. Like you want to ski and snowboard, you can do that. You want to ice skate, you can do that. You just want to ha take a ride up to the top of one of the mountains on the lift with your shoes. You could do that too. And I kind of should have asked if I, um, if my ticket covered that and I should have taken that ride up, taken some pictures, because let me tell you, the views are beautiful. 
Here's a, this is the second reason you should visit and ski at Ober Gatlinburg if you have the opportunity. Now, we've all seen mountain views. We have as skiers, as experienced skiers and riders. We've seen mountain views, and for a lot of us, that's part of it. That's what we're going to see. We want to be out in nature. We want to experience nature. This was, this day in particular, again, you're looking at the people, you're people watching, you're talking to people, and it is a show to behold. But you get off. Even on the little uh, quad chair, that little lower red chair, it's it, again, it's very short. You're not at the top of the mountain. The top of the mountain's 3,200. The base is like 27. So, you know, I must have been at like 29 at the most. But because of where you start and where you're looking out, you see this amazing view over Gatlinburg, over the city of Gatlinburg, which, yes, is a little tourist trappy town. Like 100% tourist trap town. It is all mountain coasters, mini golf, and Ripley's buildings. The Believe It or Not Museum, a Ripley's mini golf, a Ripley's water park, you name it. That's what it is. That's what Gatlinburg is. If you've been to a tourist trap town, yeah, they all have little differences, but you get the idea. And then, it, but this little tourist trap town with this little ski hill with all these little resorts and hotels and houses, it's in the middle of the great smoky mountains it's this mountain range that just looks amazing and they do look a little different that's where i was going we you know here in vermont or anywhere else if you have mountain views you you've seen them but mountains are different i've seen mountain views here in new england i've seen mountain views out in nevada and california i've seen mountain views in west virginia virginia north carolina now tennessee uh, my experience in Tennessee was driving through Tennessee and hanging out in Nashville prior to this um, and some geocaching on some side roads um, over by the Kentucky, uh, not the, just the Kentucky border, but over by the uh, Mississippi River. You know, I've seen it, but to see the Smoky Mountains from within the Smoky Mountains and mountains that are huge, like we talk about, you know, Mount Washington up here in New Hampshire and like, oh, 6,200 feet like they have that down there. You know, you're looking at mile high and higher mountains and it, it just looks different um, and it's it's beautiful. And again, it was a short lift, a small, short, short lift ride, short and tower height, short and height off the ground, quick little ride. But the view from the top of it was ridiculous. I can only imagine what the view from the top of the other ski lift, the um, the black chair and the lift from the scenic lift are up there when you're 3,200 feet up in the Smoky Mountains. It must be ridiculously gorgeous. And again, head over to my uh, social media and check out my photos from some of my photos from that. I have some of the views. They it, it is really nice. So if you like nature, go up there, check it out. Because again, it's not better. It's not worse. It's just dif different and beautiful. And it's very awesome. I 100% recommend Ober Gatlingbird for an experience that especially if you are an experienced skier, whether it's from New England, the Mid-Atlantic or the West, uh, the Rockies or or the West, doesn't matter, Pacific Northwest, it's go, It's a different thing. And I, I'm, I'm hesitant to use the word culture because I don't like the word culture for my reasons. And that's a whole other discussion. Um, you know, it's 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 the short answer is because of the misuse of the word culture. And I don't want to misuse it, too. But it's that's the vibe down there is something to behold. And it's a lot of fun and it's a lot different than what you've experienced around here. 
And I'm sure it's a lot different than what you'd experience out west in the Midwest and in the uh, far west and in the Rockies and in the Wasatch and the Sierras and everywhere else, the PNW or Europe. It's all different. And skiing in the south, south of the Mason-Dixon line, that's not the Mid-Atlantic like Catalucci, like Massanutten. Um, and these other, also both on Indy Pass, come to think of it, you know, the Virginia and the North Carolina ski hills, you know, uh, those are probably different too. And skiing in Tennessee is ridiculously different. So if you're looking for a vacation and a different ski trip, head down to Gatlinburg. Again, Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, these are tourist trap towns. Like, you know, Dollywood is in Pigeon Forge. You know, in the other side of Gatlinburg. So that was cool. It wasn't open yet. The dinner theater part was, but Dollywood itself wasn't. So that that was a that was a little bit of a bummer. But um, other than that, go ahead and check out for the tourist trap stuff. Very southern. Uh, because I got sick, I lost my appetite near the end of the week. I swear on the last day we were down there, I s- slept on the couch and ate a piece and a half of bread. I didn't get to have my barbecue. So next time I'm down barbecue places line up because i'm ready um and i really want that and i wanted it then but because i was sick and had no appetite i didn't get it um but check out gatlinburg it's got something for everybody if your family doesn't ski it's got more than enough terrace traps for them to explore and then you can go skiing and get an experience like you won't believe unless you're there and i hope you get an exact the exact same experience that i got when you went that when you go down there right Right. Thank you again for listening to the Ski Rex Media Podcast. I am, of course, Tim from Ski Rex Media saying thank you for being patient since I was sick and was having technical difficulties. Now that I'm back with my desktop computer, I can get back to work and I can actually fix the laptop. So that shouldn't happen again. If I'm on the road, I can work and we can get everything out. Um, That includes the darker side of Ski Rex Media on Patreon at patreon.com. You might be listening to this on Patreon because Patreon subscribers not only get the special exclusive show, but get early access ad free to this program. So the whole read with St. Skis and Whaleback. If you're listening on Patreon, you noticed it's not there because this is ad free. Um, You're paying for it. Not them at this case at this point right right something like that i don't know uh, i do love whale back in saint skis though so there you go on that now so go ahead and check out patreon um coming up in future episodes we have a few things going on now that we're getting back on track um because i am sick i am not going to get to the east coast connection event over at killington a ski board get together i've been wanting to do more ski board content i'm not going to get over there so shout out to mike hoffman and, and the group that's going to be over there i'm sorry that i missed it i'm sorry i got sick it's it sucked. I really wanted to be part of that. But we are going to get the people who the founders of Banana Blades on the Ski Rex, uh, Ski Rex Banana. What? The Ski Rex Media Podcast will be welcoming the founders of Banana Blades. Ski boards with a whole banana theme. Check them out if you can. They are not linked here yet, um, but they will be in their episode. So we'll get them on. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Ski Rex Media will be branching out, not just to south of the Mason-Dixon line, but out to the west, west of the Mississippi River, where we're going to be talking to one of the members of Caberfe Peaks out there in Michigan. Now, we've talked to Tim Smith at Waterville Valley. He is a Michigan native. He talked about Michigan ski culture and how they are, and we're going to talk about that with them. Not just because we want to invade the rest of the country at Ski Rex Media. Myself, actually. I don't know why I say we. What, do I have a turd in my pocket? No. 
Skirex Media is going to invade Michigan. But Stuart Winchester, Stuart over at Storm Skiing Journal Podcast, he suggested this episode for a reason that you will see the day it gets debuted, and it's really kind of funny. Um, I love it, so I'm going to be doing the bit. Also coming up is a new, this year, a new teen and tween episode uh, with three returning kids and one brand new kid, but they're all competitive, ski racers and a snowboard uh, racer. So we're going to talk about the competitive side of teen and teen and tween skiing. That'll be coming up soon. Um, also keep on the lookout for some stuff with the other mount, the Vail Mountains in New Hampshire. Going to be doing some stuff out there. Um, and I think I'm also going to get Danny Allen from uh, Black Mountain, New Hampshire to talk on the podcast as well. Those will be coming up in the coming weeks. And like I said, keep a lookout for new written content. Um, specifically, I'm going to talk about the Obergatlinburg trip. Again, that should already be written, written, but my laptop did not survive the trip down to Obergatlinburg, so I was not able to write while I was down there, which is kind of a bummer, but what are you going to do? Um, I'm going to write now. That'll include the overview of the trip to Obergatlinburg and my experience with the family from Louisiana. So again, shout out to the family. That was awesome. If they ever do get up to New England, um, which is a bit of a haul from Louisiana, then they and I will ski together again, or maybe I'll run down into them down in there in Obergatlinburg again, because I will. I'm sure I will be back. Not just to ski in Obergatlinburg, not just to get Tennessee barbecue, but I saw a store that was doing buy one pair get two free boots, and I could use a nice pair of leather cowboy style boots, right? Right. Thank you for joining the Ski Rex Media Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this little story time episode and I will see you out there. Winter is returning to New England. Winter has never left the West. Um, the winter has left the South. As I said, Obergatlinburg closed the day after I was there. They closed the lifts at the end of the day that I was there. Um, so their season was short, but it seemed to be sweet. And a lot of fun. I will see you out there. I will, of course, be here in New England and doing a couple more weeks of lifty work while um, Whaleback is still open. Part of me thinks they're only going to just past, um, what is it, St. Patrick's Day? But I could be wrong about that. I'll have to ask Alex or John to confirm that. Um, I don't think they've actually given a, confirm, a confirmed closing day. Um, but, you know. I've skied there after closing, so I'll probably get at least one day in April at <laughs> Whaleback Mountain um, to go along with my goal of skiing at least one day a month for the entire year of 2023 just to see if I can do it. So shout out to Big Snow American Dream because I'm sure I will be taking a few rides down to Big Snow in New Jersey, not just to ski, but to visit friends. Plus, you could say, well, Tim, go hit Tuckerman Ravine. I don't know if I'm in that skill set. I have to ask KJ. He's done it. He knows. Alex and I were talking about it over a while back, and he says it was a little it's a, it's a little rougher than, you know, some people think. And I take his word for it. He's a smart guy. So we'll check that out. Anyway, I'm rambling here at the end. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Enjoy all the coming episodes and everything else that's on coming out on Ski Rex Media, including yet the third or fourth relaunch of the Ski Rex Media merch shop. We'll see how that goes and a relaunch again of the website because I just can't get the design I want, but I'm getting closer and closer. Right? Right. Thank you, everybody. I think I'm going to go take a nap. Um, enjoy the rest of your day, your week, your month, your evening, your whatever it is. Enjoy your skiing. Happy birthday, whatever it is. Happy anniversary. And I will see you all out there. Enjoy later. Later.